Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rescuing Churches, where it's always a great adventure discussing church revitalization and pastoral life. Learn more at 614ministries.org. My name's Josh. That's my dad, Stan. Hey. Silent partner Mike is here, manning the sound knobs at Mission Control. Dad, today you want to talk about this idea of who is under your steeple. (laughs) Right, who. And specifically, you're referencing people that your church might be ignoring or overlooking or forgetting, right? Correct. Correct. We just had a... How does that work? Had a magnificent podcast uh, with Johnny Gaston. (laughs) We learned his last name is French. Um, But we had a great time interviewing him. He's a local evangelist, very passionate minister of the gospel and uh, love him to death. Please go back and catch that. Um, but Johnny's story is that he was raised in a very abusive home, uh, police at his house, pretty regular for the physical abuse in his house and other significant things that were happening there. And he was raised right here in our hometown, Mobile, Alabama, which is saturated with churches and nobody brought the hope of the gospel to him till he was in late teenage years. And that's very disheartening. Oh yeah. And it, it, every time I hear him tell his testimony, even the other night sitting in our home where we did our podcast from the house that night, um, it just overwhelms me that every church, every local church has a footprint that God meant for it to have. We have Tom Rainer says, your address is no accident. Yeah, your zip code yeah, is no your accident. Your zip code is no accident. So God intends for Northside Bible Church, my local church, to have a footprint right here where it sits. And it's no accident that we have neighbors on all four sides of our church that we can drive to or even walk to some of the exactly. neighborhoods and pay attention to what's going on in those neighborhoods. The book of Acts, we're, we're commanded to um, be witnesses um, Johnny references, we're not commanded to witness, but to be witnesses. Right. Um, to Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, the Jerusalem is your immediate closest circle. Yep. And I believe the church is supposed to also have impact as far as it can worldwide. Hence, we support missionaries and those kind of things. But sometimes we lose, completely lose focus of what's right underneath the steeple shadow. Yep. It's like the neighborhood you drive past to get to your church. Yeah, nobody's thinking about <laughs> you it. You go right past it, and you're not paying any attention to it. There's exactly. No, there's no concern for those neighbors because we're just trying to, for most pastors, we're just trying to see more people attend our church. And and the, the concept is the people of the church need to bring people from their networks and communities and neighborhoods and all that stuff. But sure. what about the people right underneath the shadow? What's happening right there? I, I think that's very important. And 
You know, Jesus is crystal clear when he teaches in the New Testament, we're to love our neighbors. And he literally meant our physical neighbors, um, the people that are closest to you. So a person in my church that drives 30 minutes to get here because he likes our church or has relationships here, um, he's got physical neighbors in his community. So we, we want him loving his physical neighbors. But the church building itself, the property of the church, has physical neighbors. Exactly that we should be ministering to. And I think a lot of times we overlook, we overlook those in our community that are here. Uh, we, we wait on phone calls for benevolence and that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and then we run benevolence, you know, 40 minutes across town to help somebody that's underneath the steeple of another church. Sure. Now I've already made a commitment to myself. If I'm, if I'm regularly giving benevolence as a pastor to a single mom or a, an elderly woman or a family need of a father who's without a job or whatever across town, I'm going to find a church near him, reach out to that pastor and say, this one's yours. Not that you have to financially care for him, but you should know his needs. Sure. So I've already made that commitment in my, in my own head. Yep. Uh, thanks to some of the stuff Johnny really emphasizes with me and keeps reminding me of that. We need to get the local churches involved with the local needs. Exactly. That's really what I'm talking about. Which is good. And you have a point here about how the church is supposed to be the light in the community. Um, what are some specific ways or specific things that we can do as churches to impact our immediate communities and our neighbors? Yeah, well, I think let's let's go back to the light concept for a minute. The first thing as a pastor is I'm to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So. If we're not being a light, it's because I haven't energized, maybe the <laughs> battery term, right. I haven't energized the, the church family enough to want to be the light. They don't care about the darkness around us, and they're not willing to get into the scriptures and let the word of God illuminate them so they become stronger and stronger light. So part of my responsibility is to get the core family of the church devoted to the word of God, devoted to prayer and loving the lost, praying for the lost, praying for wayward people, praying for, um, you know, the good Samaritan story, praying for the guy that may be in a ditch and we don't even know it. We don't want to walk past people in ditches exactly. if, if they're, if we're able to help them. So Lord, you need to open our eyes to see the people in the ditch now, help us mm-hmm. see the needs of our community. And I think the church it becomes more light when we do that. Yeah, well, and as pastors, we have to, you know, pastors have to be able to help their people um, be on the lookout for those kind of people in the community. Yeah. You know, not, not just to, to walk by them and come to church every week and all that kind of stuff. So, and I, and I think, you know, Josh, just thinking through this for myself, um, which is how it ended up on our board that we work off of together. Thinking through it for myself, I've sat in a lot of meetings where we try to figure out how can we, how can we help the church get stronger? How can we help the numbers in our sanctuary get bigger and we can reach more people? And we, we think big terms. We think in big ways. Let me, let me, let's, let's, let's have a just blowout VBS this week right. or this month. And, you know, let's get a whole bunch of people involved in this crazy VBS thing. We're going to decorate every wall in the church and we're going to have, you know, air ups and, and bounce houses and all that stuff. Um, or let's have a big block party. Let's, let's, you know, get, get somebody to come in with some good music and we'll have a big block party at our church and invite the local people to that. Or Halloween, we're going to do trunk or treat, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. Um, or just a big movie night. You know, we're going to either do an outdoor projector and have a movie night or we're doing indoor. 
thing and invite the neighbors. And we've tried every bit of that. I've done every bit of that. Oh for yeah, over years. the years we have. <laughs> I think when we sit in when we sit in a room, a lot of times as leadership, we think in those big ways. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure that that's the better way to go anymore. I think probably the better way is to think in terms of smaller ways, uh, smaller things that we can do to help. This is this is what you're referring to as individualized efforts. Yeah, individualized yeah. efforts. I think I think I like that term. Yeah, I think you you train your people in literally like sort of elite special forces. We have two or three people in our church that love have a real heart for homeless people. They love taking snack lunches and and food and socks and blankets to homeless people. They right. love doing that. Right. Not everybody in our church wants to do that. Some people feel intimidated or threatened by that. Right. So, but what what I need to do as a pastor is work to make sure we're constant we're consistently helping those people connect with that need and we're looking at small ways to reach into the community sure. and just by the location of our church some of the homeless people aren't far from here so sure. so it's under our steeple it's right under our um, steeple but but and I, I i've said this so many times at our church i know our people probably get tired of hearing me say it but it's just such a burden for me and i hope all the pastors that are listening hear this burden um, and 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 begin to ask if you're not burdened like this, you need to ask the Lord to burden you. I believe within five miles of we're we're actually sitting in the church doing this podcast today. We came up to the church to do it, and I believe within five miles of this church, there's a single mom right now that's having a terrible day. Right, she she's she's had some crisis of work, some crisis in a family, some. You know, some situation with her son or daughter. Maybe, maybe she has an infant child that's very, very sick. She can't get to work. Work's threatening to cut her off her pay, or cut, you know, just drop her from work. And she's just a single mom. She doesn't have anybody around her. She's maybe, maybe some circumstances in her life that were her fault. Maybe not her fault. Either way, she's isolated. She's in a community. She's she's within maybe three miles from my church, and she has nobody to reach out to. I think. The church is supposed to be that, hey, we'll help. Right. I just got to figure out how to get information to her that we're available exactly. to help. Exactly. Um, I have women at our church, uh, retired women that would love to babysit a child. Oh, yeah. Uh, half a day for her. Sure. You know, you, I'll meet you at your house and you can set me up there or you can bring so them to my I'll house. Volunteer. And, yeah, I'll, I'll babysit your infant so you can be at work. Um, and that may be the one thing that's keeping her from having a good job. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but it, that would create a relationship. Now, I think on the same hand, there's, there's widows, widowers, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's men and women in our community that are battling depression and, and either through COVID or whatever, they're, they're stuck at home, they're isolated and they're terrified and they don't know how to get out of that depressed, hopeless state. Exactly. Well, the church, the body of Christ that I shepherd, we are literally filled with joy, hope, and peace. The three things that the community right down the street from Northside or any small church, put your church's name in that. The three things they need is joy, hope, and peace. That's the abundant life Jesus promised in John chapter 10. And we are filled with it if we're a healthy church. That's right. And we cannot ignore 
the people right down the road from us. We really and, need and to what, find out. And what kind of example would we be? What kind of representation of Christ are we? If we're the bride of Christ, what kind of representation are we if we do? I mean, that's something we really have to consider, not just as pastors, right. but, but as, a, as the church as a whole, right. as the believers who are in the church. What kind of example are we? So, so it, now you're back to the Luke chapter 10 passage where you're saying, uh, where, where Jesus is telling the story. I don't think it's a parable, by the way. I think it's an actual, no, it's an actual story, story that happened to the Good Samaritan. Yep. You had two religious people walk past a man in a ditch. Exactly. It actually says they phys- the, the terminology in the text is they physically saw him yep. and, and crossed and by on the cho- other side. They observed what was happening. They, yep. they, they saw the details of what was happening to this man. Maybe he's dead, half mm-hmm. dead, the mm-hmm. Bible says. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't want to get involved, so they move to the other side of the road and walk on Make by. Make an active choice to go by. Yeah. Just, and just like we see the neighborhoods when we drive to our church, we drive past those neighborhoods and make an active choice never to go get up in there and get involved. Right. And, and I've literally rerouted myself now to get to my church. There's a direct line. It's a very busy road. You can come straight down and get to my church. Or when I come in the evenings especially, I'll come through a back way where I have to cut through the neighborhood yep. to come out on that main road that our church sits on. Exactly. And it's it's a less than a mile and a half from that neighborhood our church is. And when I do, I'm looking for yards that are overgrown. I'm looking for cars with their hoods up. Uh, I'm looking for signs of a family that may have a need that we might can meet. Sure. You literally could just, we could just take two guys on a Saturday and go up there and go, hey, man. We're just going to cut your grass today for free if you'll for let free. us. Yep. We'll cut it. for. We're, we're not here to do anything but say. You don't even have neighbor. to come to our church. We're your neighbor and we love you. Yep. That's <laughs> so, all we're trying to do. And uh, once you get your foot in the door with a couple of neighbors in that neighborhood, you'll become known as the church that cares for the, the neighborhood. Church that cares. And, exactly. and it, it changes how everything works at that point. I, I just think it's hard. And we've had a hard time getting our foot in the door at this neighborhood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had a couple of good angles. Years and, and of work. COVID, COVID has sort of stunted that a little bit. But oh, we're, yeah. we're going to take another run at it this summer. And, oh, yeah. And I've got a, a new crop of men I'm discipling that are going to need some stuff to do to serve. Oh, yeah, sure. So so part of our service Put is just going to be walking through the neighborhood, <laughs> sharing the Word of God, You know, share, sharing our how can we help you, how can we pray for you. It literally could just be prayer walks where if somebody's out, right, you, right. you interact with them in a very friendly way. You don't you know, accost them, but just in a friendly way. Um, you can do prayer walks. But, but also just paying attention to the needs of the neighborhood. Right, exactly. Um, if there's a local laundromat, you know, we've talked on numerous other podcasts about laundry love. Yeah, you've love. got this whole list here of specific things. Laundry love is a great is a great one. T- tell us about laundry love. Because like, some pastors, I mean, we've, we've had other churches that we've worked with that have implemented laundry love because yeah. we started it and, right. and you suggested it to them and it, it took off great for... Yeah, couple, and it's something I people. saw on, I think right now, media had a, has a whole thing called laundry love yeah how how does it practically work and if a pastor is listening to this and they've never heard of laundry love that they don't even know what it is tell them how they can just set that up you meet the manager of your local laundromat find the find the closest laundromat you can and you meet the manager and you say our church would love to with your permission and we were turned down by one that i really wanted to do right Um, yeah but, but another one said yes our church would love to come up here at one of your highest traffic times in the afternoon or evenings, we would love to come up and uh, set up and give away pizza and pay for everybody's laundry. Um, so we're actually not going to 
hurt your business, we're probably going to improve your business because sure. people are going to call their friends and go, hey, if you want your laundry, you don't pay for your laundry today. You know, there's a church up here, pay it for ours. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and we have a lot of people that are very confused as to why we ask them when they come in the door, can we please pay for your laundry? They're like, why would you want to do that? And we're like, well, just because we, we're the neighbors and we want to love on you. That's all. Exactly. It's just a place we found that we can meet people and love on them. And and they're captive audience now for 20 minutes to exactly. 40 minutes. They're they're in the laundromat waiting on it to happen. To we typically bring pizza to that and drinks. Now, I can say corporate, when we do that, as a, we let our small groups do that, our Bible studies do that, that kind of deal. Um, those are very effective times. We sure. had a whole ministry going like that before COVID, and it worked really well uh, with meeting people. I don't know that we ever saw anybody join our church, but I know we led a couple of people to Christ. Point. We led a couple of people to Christ. <laughs> we prayed over some people in some very difficult situations, yep. and we're ministering. So that's all very positive. Yeah. And Minis- I think, ministry is the first point. Yeah, God's kingdom advance. So that's all that exactly. matters. I will tell you this though: you don't have to do it as a big scale. Now no. we're now we're back to just Not individualize it. Just literally yourself, you yep. and one other person. Take your accountability partner, a good friend, a prayer partner with you. It could be a small group and say we're you. just going to go hang out at the laundromat yeah. and volunteer to pay for two or three loads. Yep. Um, it's only all, all you got to do is wait through wait a few minutes for two or three people exactly. to come through. Get to meet them, and then you're gone. You're not spending a, you know, a couple of hours there like we were. You're not trying to buy a bunch of pizzas and drinks and all that. Exactly. And, you, you know, you might take some, you know, Little Debbie snack cakes or something as a gift or something nice to give out, you know, bags of chips or whatever, and say, hey, I've got some chips here, you know, if you want to snack on those or whatever. Right. And some bottled water. So it could be very inexpensive, but you can do it individually. You don't have to do the big scale exactly. version of that. Exactly. Okay. We already talked about paying attention to the neighborhood. So that's like um, what you were referencing earlier with making sure, right. checking on yards, cars, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, just when you're driving through, that's open your eyes. Yep. Look, look at a house that's very unpainted, that needs paint real bad. A gutter's falling off of it. Or the yep. gutters, you can just Repairs, tell are full of leaves. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, a big tree has fallen. And in our, ne- in our neck of the woods, we have these windstorms either straight line winds or hurricanes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you, maybe a big tree is laid over or laid down or needs help. And you may not be able to help that as a church, but you might. But you might be able to. Yeah. yeah you might be able to. It at least let you know there's a family here that has something they they can't take care of themselves. Exactly. And I should at exactly. least drop by and pray with them and yep. try, try to meet them and pray with them. And speaking of prayer, prayer walks, we've mentioned that already. And that's another great idea. You can organize that, assemble that, um, and that, that's something great to try and get up off the ground. Again, you don't need you don't need a whole church to agree mm-hmm. to do that. No, you and Just one other couple, person, couple of people. Yeah, you and one other person. So. Um, I do like your idea here about joining a local. Of course, me being the techie guy, I like your idea about joining the local Facebook page for your neighborhood. A lot of local neighborhoods or subdivisions, um, like like ours have Facebook pages or have Facebook groups. And you might not know that, but I'd be willing to bet your subdivision has a a group. And this is where a lot of the residents can converse and promote things like yard sales and, hey, my dog is missing or stuff like that. And you can get up in the middle of some of those and ask for prayer requests. Um, Now, the administrator of that group might kick you out, might block you, might say, hey, we don't do religion here or whatever. 
Um, but you've at least made yourself known as the person right. in the neighborhood right. that's willing to assist and minister and pray for people. And you never know where that might lead. Right. And, um, and I, I think, might, might lead to a potential connection. You might get a private message from somebody going, hey, I saw where you were asking for prayer requests. I'd like to move over here to a private conversation now and say, I, I could really use some prayer. Yeah. And then I think two or three of your church members can join that Facebook page with the administrator's permission. Of course, they would probably have to be welcomed in. But even if they don't live in that neighborhood, they live they they consider the church this church home as part of that neighborhood. Sure. Yeah. So if you got two or three families that are just and you don't even have to. It's not like you're stalking it, but you can just monitor it. Yeah. Don't stalk. To, yeah. To Please say, don't stalk. To, to say there's a, there's a need here. Like we just exactly. had a rash of burglaries in our neighborhood. Yeah. And and now the church can step in and go, man. We if there's something we can do to help yeah, that, or help pray, that. pray with you, or maybe we could replace. You know, if some exactly. kid lost his bicycle. Exactly. You know, why don't we just take five guys and everybody pitch in ten bucks and let's go get him a good bicycle. Yeah. And return it to that family and go, hey, we bought you a bicycle. Exactly. It's all it's all in how you choose to get to know the needs mm-hmm. and then express unconditional love to them. Which is what I think Christ meant when he said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Oh, yeah. And your neighbor, your as, neighbor yourself, as yourself. Right. And you mentioned lawn help for elderly people in the neighborhood. Um, so, like the neighborhood right by your church or under. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times right steeple. up here in this yeah. little barren neighborhood. I've yeah. If, if there's some older people. I my lawn equipment and looked at the old person trying to drag a limb that weighed more than she did. Yeah, exactly. And just got out and said, ma'am, if you'll just put that limb down. I mean, I got you. That one hits close to home because I can't I can't tell you how many times I've been with you or e- either in the truck with you or at the house. And you said, hey, we're going to cut so and so's grass or there's this old lady up the road or, hey, do you see that old lady? That's, you know, we yeah. should stop and, you know, do something about that. Right. So. So, yeah, that that one that but, one is is big. But it, it really goes back really to is. having your eyes open and paying attention. You've got you've yeah. to be observant, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Small business owners, uh, be willing to pray for them. This is a great suggestion. So what are some specific ways, just to wrap this out, that you would suggest connecting with local business owners in your area? Because this is something that I, don't, I think a lot of pastors don't always think about. They can start building relationships within the community if they'll connect with small businesses. Yeah, and I've talked to two other pastors recently be that, intentional are, that are beginning it. to do this now. With yeah. COVID, it was real easy yeah. Oh, yeah. to see the decline of the mom and pops, the local businesses that were struggling. Exactly. So you just want to you just want to meet them. They they usually have a Facebook page. A small business now knows a Facebook page is a good idea for a lot of them. Yeah, you can find them online. But if nothing else, you just literally find out what time they're opening. Drive around. Yeah. Yep. You look at their their hours and, you know, 15 to 10, 20 minutes before they open, the manager or the owner is going to be there opening his building. Exactly. And you can literally meet him in the parking lot and just say, I'm not trying to, you know, jump the gun here and get in your store early. I'm a local pastor. I just want you to know that local businesses matter to us. And, you know, we want your cell phone business or your, uh, you know, pastry store or whatever you're doing. We want that to be prosperous. Um, I'd love to be able to pray with you, you know, regularly. Once a a a month, every other month, come over and pray with you about your business and check on you. Yeah. Um, And you never know what kind of connection that could lead to. Exactly. Exactly. And, and when you do the larger events like a VBS or a trunk or treat, that guy's probably going to let you put some physical print material 
uh, print yeah. mailers. Or if it's at the pastry shop, he may say, hey, I've really appreciated those six months of prayer. You need me to make a cake for your VBS? <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, <laughs> And you so, never know what kind of relationship you're going to build. Yeah. But but it's all about building healthy relationships exactly. that are based on unconditional love. Exactly. With the and people I, that I think are the local right church, there around your church. The local church is supposed to do that within the shadow of its steeple when it exactly. can. And it's hard. It is hard. Because you drive past them a lot. Yep. But I'm, I'm encouraging my pastor friends that listen to this. Let's pay attention to the pay actual neighborhood. to your yeah. neighbors. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. Get, get, your well eyes, get your eyes into the ditches and the neighborhoods. Very well said. All right, guys. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the details of our upcoming pastor's conference by visiting the Shepherd Summit tab on our website at 614ministries.org. I'm Josh. That's Stan. Silent partner Mike. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thanks for listening.